0: Welcome to East Hills Alliance Church. We are everyday people following Jesus every day. How do you measure a life? And who told you that your measure determined that you have value in this life? We can measure height and width, and wonder which number will determine which version of me the people around me will finally see. We measure steps to make sure we're moving. We measure checks on a to-do list to make sure that we're proving that the pressure is not too much for us. We measure the pressure of our blood to ensure our heart beats long enough that we can leave something of value behind. How do you value a life? in impacts or craters, in dreams chased or maybe laters, in step-taking, memory-making, picture-posting or content-producing? How do you measure a difference? By subtracting one thing from another? By subtracting, in the end, all the one things that didn't really matter? by adding up all the different ways you produced a number that could be measured, or by adding up, in the end, all the difference you made. How do you measure a life? How do you measure your life? What are you counting? What are you counting on? What number could you possibly produce that would make you a more valuable you? Who told you that your measure could ever determine whether you have value in this life? We're gonna talk this morning about contributions about contributing to community. And we're gonna talk about it for a couple reasons because, one, it is something that all of us desire on some level to contribute to some greater good. And two, because it is how we create a greater community. But before we get to that, before we get to Romans 12, I wanna start in Romans 8. Uh, this is Romans 8, and I'll start in verse 35. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day. We're being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. God's love for you is too big and too good and too unconditional for you to be able to earn it or lose it or make it happen. A different New Testament letter with the same idea: Ephesians chapter two. And I, I encourage you to to look this up and uh, read the the whole section. It's really good. Uh, I want to look at one man's translation of this passage. Uh, 20th century theologian J.B. Phillips translated Ephesians 2, 4 through 10 this way. But even though we were dead in our sins, God, who is rich in mercy, because of the great love he had for us, gave us life together with Christ. It is, remember, by grace and not by achievement that you are saved, and has lifted us right out of the old life to take our place with him in Christ in the heavens. Thus, he shows us for all time the tremendous generosity of the grace and kindness he has expressed toward us in Christ Jesus. It was nothing you could or did achieve. It was God's gift to you. No one can pride himself upon earning the love of God. The fact is that what we are, we owe to the hand of God upon us. We are born afresh in Christ and born to do those good deeds which God planned for us to do. So yes, we are given new life in Christ to create new life in the world around us. We are called to reflect the image of God's love and how we love each other and love the world around us. Not to earn love, But to reflect what is already being directed at us. Not to gain life, but to give it. To do the good works God has for us because he has been good to us. The New Living Translation translates that last verse, verse 10, this way For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Uh, and I have uh, talked about this before, but uh, the word we there, for we are God's masterpiece, in the original language, that word actually means we. Like us. It's really easy for us as Americans to read that and go, I am God's masterpiece. And yes, you Are created carefully, marvelously by an incredible, perfect God. But what this verse says is we are God's masterpiece. That is, we are bound together by the Holy Spirit, as we are stitched together in Christ, as we are made new, made alive again together in Christ, that we, the patchwork mess that is the church, we are God's. Masterpiece. Well, how do we live out being a masterpiece? Last week, we talked about the analogy of Christ's body. It is a metaphor, just a metaphor, but it is a helpful one. Uh, And so, Paul, who wrote a number of the letters in the New Testament, really liked this metaphor, and and he uses it uh, often in his letters. Uh, He uses it in this letter to the Ephesians. Last week we read from his letter to the Romans, and we'll go back to that in a bit. Uh, But his most thorough dive into this uh, analogy of being Christ's body and what he means by it is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to read a whole chunk, a whole big passage of Scripture. You can follow along on the screen or the Bible in front of you. Uh, We are going to be 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 26. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves and some are free, but we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, That does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony Among the members, so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. A great community celebrates with each other and also grieves together. And a healthy community is made of people committed to the wholeness and health of the community. So for those of you who've been just waiting to fill in that first blank, healthy community is made of people committed to the wholeness and health of the community. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, and vice versa. The members of the body are committed to serving one another, working together with whatever ability they have for the greatest good for the body. And so it is, or at least should be, with the body of Christ. Each member of the community bringing their skills and perspective to benefit one another. No matter how important you feel or how unimportant you feel, feelings are not facts, they are warning lights. Indicators of how you are feeling, how you're perceiving yourself and the world around you, but that does not make them a fact. However unimportant you may feel, in the kingdom of God, each and every part matters. In the kingdom of God, you matter. Each member belongs to One another. We talked about belonging last week. So let's go back to that same passage we were looking at last week, Romans chapter 12. And I'll start in the same place it started last week. We'll start in verse 4. Romans 12, verse 4. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to Christ. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well, verse six says. And then it lists a number of those things. And it's not an exhaustive list by any means, but it is a helpful one. These are ways that those who belong to each other contribute to the lives of, of one another, contribute to to the community, contribute to the mission of the community. So I I want to define this word contribution in just a moment because we uh, may have some different ideas, some different things that pop to mind as we think about that word. And the reason we started this morning with meaning and value before we talk about contribution is that I think we sometimes... I know I do. I think we sometimes feel like we have value if. I have value if I'm doing some great thing. If I'm doing all the things my family needs me to do and they feel loved. If I'm living a holy and perfect life and doing all the things all the time that God has called me to do. If. I can be valued and I can be lovable if. But you are not loved by God based on an if. You are loved unconditionally, period, full stop. Contribution is a response to that love Not an action to earn it. You don't belong to the family of God only if you do something great. You belong to the family of God because God loves you and he wants to call you his child. You don't only belong here at East Hills if you contribute something. You belong here because you're here, and the only if is if you want to. We're not locking the doors and holding anybody hostage. But if you want to belong here, you do. Because you are carefully and marvelously made. Because you are loved by God and brought into his family. And because we are called to reflect that love that he has given to each of us. Contribution is simply the way that you show commitment and belonging to the community. Which gets us to our definitions. Contribution is an action that reflects a commitment. Contribution is an action that reflects a commitment. Contributing to a community of some sort reflects a commitment of some sort. For example, if you contribute at your workplace... That reflects a commitment to something. It may be that you really believe in what your work is doing and what your workplace is all about and you wanna contribute to the mission of what they're accomplishing. It may mean that you don't care at all about what the bosses are telling you to do or what they say your mission is. You're just really committed to the people that you work with. So you're contributing out of your commitment to them. It may be that you're contributing because you are committed to your own career and your own promotion. But whatever the case may be, a contribution is an action that reflects the commitment. You may contribute to your family out of your commitment to your parents or to your kids or to your spouse. Or you may contribute just as a commitment to your own sanity and to get them off your back. But it is a commitment to something. Either way, contribution reflects a commitment. Ideally, contribution reflects a commitment to the health and wholeness of whatever community you are contributing to. You feel like you're a part of the community and you want to bless that community. You believe in the mission, so you want to contribute to the mission, ideally. And I also want to point out That our contribution to the community can contribute to our sense of belonging to the community. And so I'm going to say it this way, and I went back and forth on this a little bit about whether this is true. So I'm up to like 98% sure that this is true, but if it's the 2%, y'all can tell me tomorrow and just not write this one down, okay? Here's what I think. I believe that contribution is self-generated belonging. Self-generated belonging. And here's what I mean by that. If you want to feel like you belong to a community, you can take the first step. I was just talking to my 11-year-old about this the other night. If there is a thing you want to be a part of, you can take the first step of contributing to that group of people or that movement in some way. To contribute to their health and happiness and wholeness you actually can make the first move. Now, is it possible that you go to contribute to a group of people uh, and they just use you for whatever you're contributing? Absolutely, especially in middle school and especially in all those areas of life where adults are just overgrown middle schoolers. Yes, possible. But there is a sense in which you contributing to the group Makes you feel like you belong to the mission, to the movement, to the community of that group. If you go and serve every week at Community House, serving meals or whatever you might be doing, if you go with uh, Wayne and Mindy and the street medicine team and serve those on street corners and in tents hidden behind trees. If you walk around town going from cardboard sign to cardboard sign and being a blessing in some way, if you do that, you will feel a greater sense of belonging to the community at large. You will feel a sense of greater belonging and um, ownership of the problem of homelessness. Homelessness. As you contribute, you feel some sense of belonging. I think this is true for your workplace. It is true for your neighborhood. It is true for Calais County as a whole. It's true for churches. And too many people put their toes on the edge of a community and then walk away because they don't feel wrapped in. And they don't realize the agency that they have, that they could actually step in and contribute. And in that way, generating themselves a sense of belonging to the community, to the mission, especially if you find a group of people that you're like, actually, they seem like really awesome folks. I want to be a part of that. As you step in to contributing to the health and wholeness of that community, They will respond with the awesomeness that they have. And you will feel a sense of belonging. As you honor the work and the people around you, as you are generous to those around you, you will find yourself belonging in that space. Committed in your own heart and mind to the health and wholeness of that community. This is true, as I said, for any community. Christian community is not altogether different. Those definitions of contribution are still true for us. But our reason to contribute could not be any bigger. We are called to participate in seeing the kingdom of God come alive in our world and kingdom of God is one of those churchy terms that we throw around and we all kind of nod like I think I kind of know what that thing means and so uh, if you've got a great definition of it in your head awesome um, if you don't uh, let me give you a baseline one okay the kingdom of God is any any space any situation any life where the desire and word of God is true and reigns, where the desires of God come true. Jesus taught us to pray, Heavenly Father, may your will, your desires be done on earth just as it is in heaven. We get to participate in seeing that rise up in us, in our community, in the community around us. God has called on us, you and me and every single person around the world who has said they're giving their life to Jesus, to follow Jesus and to do what Jesus did, which is to go around sharing the love of God, speaking the truth of God, creating new life, seeing the kingdom of God come alive. Seeing what God desires for us to become the reality we live in. Contribution in that sense for the Jesus follower is not just commitment or belonging, it's worship. It's worship. Christian contribution is using our God-given gifts to honor God and honor the community. To worship God and serve the community. To love God and love people. As Paul writes a couple verses later in Romans 12, verse 10, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Doing as Jesus did means using our God-given gifts to honor God and honor the community. The New Testament is full of encouragement to love and contribute in this way, uh, to give of ourselves to others from what God has given us. And for those of you who, maybe when I say the word contribution, the first thing that comes uh, to your mind is giving money to something. And certainly that is one of the options for contributing to the health and wholeness of a community. And it is absolutely one of the things that the New Testament calls on us to do. There's a very real call on our lives to give out of what God has given us, to give financially, to that mission of seeing the kingdom of God come alive. and We we don't just put an offering moment at the end here and tell you there's a black box in the back because we're trying to keep the lights on and make sure the staff gets paid. That moment is there and part of our worship gathering because it is part of how we respond to seeing the kingdom of God come alive around us because it is how we respond to scripture's command to give financially to the kingdom of God ministries going on around us. And it is our hope and our belief that East Hills is one of those places that we as a community are contributing to the kingdom of God coming alive in Callis County. And if it is not, then please don't give your money to us. And if it is not, we are wasting a whole lot of time and air and energy because that's the mission we're on. As a community of Jesus following people to see the kingdom of God come alive. And part of that is that we are called to give from what God has given to us in money, in time and resources to see that happen, to contribute and participate in that happening. And sometimes we call on the church to pray for a ministry, for a trip, for each other. And I know, I know in Christian community, sometimes that can feel like the token thing. That can feel like the thing that we say, well, if you wanna feel okay about being involved in the lives of the teenagers in our church, but you don't actually wanna serve in the youth ministry, then at least pray for them. Like it's it's just the, well, okay, so you can't go on that trip that you really wanted to go on. Well, just pray for it. Or it's in the letters that we send out asking for money and prayers, but we really know what we mean is money. Prayer is not the token extra. Prayer is a significant, God ordained contribution to what God is doing. We have a group that you can find. Uh, Our prayer group, if you go into the Church Center app, tell them you go to East Hills, click on our groups tab, you'll find a number of different options to get plugged into smaller group community, which I highly, highly encourage. But one of the options in there is to belong to a prayer group, and that is an all online, people submitting their uh, prayer requests, um, people being able to encourage each other, pray for each other in that space. Uh, we had, as we mentioned last week, a heavy dose of that group last weekend. A lot of things going on. Uh, I got two messages or calls um, back-to-back days last weekend. Um, one for a young man in his 20s uh, and one for a young man in his 50s, I think. Both of whom I was told the family has been called to come and make sure they can say goodbye. The community began to pray. Their families got their networks of people to pray. That man in his 50s had blood clots all over his body, and they did not believe he was going to live through the weekend the blood clots are gone, and he goes home on Monday. Amen. The 20-year-old was in a horrible car accident and ejected from the car, 23-year-old. Uh, he was not supposed to make it, to his weekend. He still has quite a journey in front of him. Um, but they pulled the ventilator out yesterday and he's breathing on his own, and they didn't think that was ever going to happen again. Now, I do not uh, want to lift these things up uh, and give glory to us and our praying. I don't want to undermine what some incredible doctors did in the last week, some incredible, uh, I believe, God-given wisdom and decisions and um, remarkable advancements in technology that allowed these things to happen. And uh, as the grandfather of the 23-year-old told me the other night, God is sustaining him. It is not our prayers. It is a really good and amazing healing God. We also had some uh, news over the last week. Like last weekend was bad, and we were praying that it would be good news to the week. And it was not good news. We've, we've got some situations that um, still look really, really dark. And it is not, well, God is good when the healing happens. It is God is good all the time. All the time. And I do not begin to pretend to understand why God calls on us, why he would choose to call on us to participate with him, but God has chosen to do good with those who love him and are called according to his purposes. He has called us into this incredible work of seeing miraculous things happen. He's called on us to pray, to ask him to uh, move mountains of medical knowledge, He's called on us to pray that he would uh, dissolve tumors and blood clots and he would breathe into lungs of people who doctors say will never breathe on their own again. If I was God and so I'm so glad I'm not you're more glad I'm not. I promise. <laughs> I would not want to drag me and my mess into contributing and uh, participating and partnering in all of that good work. And yet, and yet God has called us to say, hey, come on, I'm going to do something good over here. And as you contribute to it, in your prayers, in your work, in your giving, as you contribute to it, you're going to feel like you belong to this thing. Come watch. Come watch. I want you to feel like you are a part of the kingdom of God coming alive in this world. Come be a part of this thing. And so we get to participate in God's good work through giving financially, through our prayers. Over and over, the New Testament authors call on the church to give financially and to pray. But there's obviously so much more to contribute. Uh, Again, reading in, in Romans 12. It's just one of the lists of ways we can contribute. Read six through eight again. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership, ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Prophecy and faith, serving and teaching, encouragement and generosity, leadership and kindness. It is gifts like these that we are called to use to honor and love others, to honor and love God. And I wanna get really practical about this type of contribution for uh, just a moment because uh, people uh, ask me, especially when they are newer to the church, hey, uh, this feels like a group of people that I want to belong to, and I want to help. What are some things I can do around the church to help? And I am so grateful for the question. They're here, they sense a belonging, they want to contribute. They don't use those words at all, but that's what's happening, and I love it. It's great. And there are certain things that, I mean, we, we need help in certain areas. We, we uh, We need people to give of uh, their time and of their resources and those kind of things. If uh, you are good at fixing things, we are in a 70-year-old building. Something is always breaking. We can use your fix-it ability. Uh, And no church that I'm aware of in modern human history has ever said, oh my gosh, you know what we have too much of? We have too many people who want to love and serve our kids. Just too many of them. That has never happened. That's not happening here. We'd love to have people lean in and love and serve. People are getting called out in the second row. Uh, people, <laughs> I didn't do it. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, i gonna move to this side. Uh, we, we need people who will dive in in those ways. And yet, God has placed you in a community, in a neighborhood, community of coworkers in a family, God has placed you in spaces to use your gifts. God has placed you with coworkers to serve with grandparents or grandkids to love, in a neighborhood, maybe with a shut in who doesn't have grandkids, but she would love to make you one of her grandkids. And far be it for us to get you so involved here. And I get how this happens. Like, for decades, the way to get involved in in the Christian community, in the church community, to feel like you are contributing. We talked last week about uh, the generations that signed up for so many things, it was so good. The way you contributed to Christian community was you signed up for something happening in this building or under the banner of the church. And those things are important and good and we need them to happen. We have visitors to greet, kids to love and serve and teach about Jesus, community to build. But far be it for us to get you so involved here that you either don't have time or you have a good excuse to not love the people that God has placed you among. These gifts, we tend to look at these these gifts and and think that these are are gifts that we are called to use uh, in the church, that they're to be used at and for the church, But every one of these things that we just read is an everyday kind of gift. We like to say, as East Hills, that we are everyday people following Jesus every day. And He has gifted us, He has gifted you for following Him, for honoring Him, and honoring the people around you every day. If you are gifted in speaking truth and sharing your faith, do it on a Tuesday too. Serve and teach and encourage every day, especially those of you supernaturally gifted in those ways. Be generous with money and time and hard-earned wisdom every day. Lead, influence, and be kind as you're given the opportunity on a Monday, a Wednesday, on a Saturday night with your neighbors, with your coworkers, with your parents, with strangers in line at the grocery store, that, that is the mission that God has us on as a community. That everyday contribution to the lives of others is what God has called us to be about. What we do here when we gather here to honor God and honor this community is practice and reinforcement and fresh air so that we can be sent out for our everyday mission. I need you to know that when you love and serve your neighbor and your people around you, you are contributing to the mission that God has us on in a really significant, meaningful way. Way. When we all do our part in the day to day, we are living out the mission that God has for us. Every day is an opportunity to honor God and honor the community. Every day is an opportunity, it's a chance to worship, to serve others. To love God and love people in ordinary and extraordinary ways. That is the mission God has us on. You and me, in community, together and scattered, loving God and loving people every day. He has gifted us as a community with you. You are a gift to this community. And he has gifted you to contribute to the mission that he has us on. He has given us his life and his spirit, the gift of his power and presence. He has given us everything we need to accomplish the mission that he has for us because he has given us you and he has given us himself. And he is with us every day, always. As the worship team comes up, let me pray for us. Father God, we are so grateful for your presence with us. We're grateful for the gift of your listening ear and your tender heart as we bring our heartbreak to you. For your joy as we celebrate the good that you've done, the good that we get to be a part of. God, we're grateful that you want, to partici- you want us to participate with you in the good that you're doing in this world. God, your goodness really is amazing, and it really is true, and it really is always, even when things are hard. But God, I'm so grateful for the times that we get to see the kingdom of God come alive. We get to see new life rise up in somebody. We get to see joy rise up in somebody because you've made a change in their heart. We get to see gratitude rise up in somebody because a need they didn't know how they were gonna meet has been met by somebody being your hands and feet. God, I'm grateful that you give us new life in Christ that as we take steps to follow you, as we step into this life of following you, that we're made new and that we get to share the love and the life that you have given us. God, would you tear down selfishness and pride that gets in the way, that I know gets in my way. Would you tear down the barriers and excuses you fill us with more of you, more of your love, more of your grace, more of your desire, more courage to step into the good and amazing and scary things that you are doing all around us every day. We pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Thanks for checking out our podcast. You can learn more or connect with us online at easthills.org.